Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you live once again from the J Cave. I am joined, as always, by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, everyone? Hopefully you all are doing well tonight. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself. Hopefully you're staying safe. Hopefully all is well with you. So tonight's topic on Mixed Bag is if you watched or listened to our show last week, where we did the critics were wrong, but the audiences were right. Tonight's topic is reversed. We're doing where the critics were right about films, but the audiences were, eh, it was okay. I didn't like it that much, but the critics liked, the critics were right, but the audiences were wrong. It's a bit of a hefty topic, so we didn't really have a lot to talk about tonight, but it's okay. So, Bill, are you ready for this task? Are you feeling yeah, good? Yeah, I'm about ready. This? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to go first tonight. So that way you guys can at home can keep track. So, first things first. The first movie I want to talk about tonight is this a movie that came out in 1994. It was a it bombed horrendously at the box office. Like, I mean, this movie bombed. But here we go, talking about the Shawshank Redemption. Hear me out for a sec. This movie that the, the what you're looking at now, for those who are listening to this, you won't be able to see this unless you for movies however it currently has a 98 percent critic score that came later and here's what i mean by that ladies and gentlemen the critic rating came out in 1994 and audience the critics who saw this movie in theaters loved it they loved it because this movie was a financial tank at the box office I've gone on record. I, I've watched other people talk about this movie before in, in theaters when it was first, when it first came out in theaters. And people are like, oh, and people are like, oh, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen, blah, 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 blah. At the same exact time, guys, you have to understand, this movie was a financial tank at the box office. It made $10 million like opening weekend. And then, for, for, oh, excuse me, $10 million for the first 10 weeks it was in, in, the, in theaters. In world, the budget was $25 million. It did not break even, and it made about $58 million worldwide. It was considered to be a financial loss for the studio, which is very unfortunate. But the critics were right, and the audiences were wrong in this case because no one saw the movie in theaters. It was a financial bomb. However, it's widely regarded as one of the most critically acclaimed movies of all time. So... That being said, I think that this movie is a good, ex- uh, is an interesting example about how this movie, how this, how this type of topic works for some people, where just because it's highly regarded or highly ranked, whatever on, um, on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or wherever you get your critic information, like oh the critics liked it, but audiences hated it, or audiences loved it, critics hated it. That's just an example of that where. It is a beloved movie. However, it, like I said, it tanked at the worldwide box office. It did barely any money at all in theaters. And yet it's one widely regarded as one of the most critically acclaimed films of all time. Bill, am I making sense so far? Yeah, you know what? That's kind of weird that, um, that the Shawshank Redemption actually didn't do so well on, didn't really do so didn't really do so well at the box office because a lot of people now consider that an absolute classic Shawshank Redemption. They consider that an absolute classic. 
widely and regarded as one of the greatest films of all time, too. But go on. Because we've, and, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, when we did, like, an Oscar upset thing, um, when, when they interviewed members of the Academy, when they interviewed members of the Academy, um, and they asked them to cast their vote again, they said they would have voted for Shawshank Redemption over Forrest Gump. For best picture. For best picture. That is incredible. So, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, it is like it is widely regarded as one of the greatest films of all time in like 1994, but no one saw it in theaters. So that being said, with the audiences, you know, it's so difficult to pick and choose like what this, this is a very interesting topic that we chose tonight. I mean, it was very hard to make a list. We only have like oh, four. It, this, this list was a bitch to make. It really was. We, we only have like we literally only have four films each. And this is why I almost had a nervous breakdown making the list. JT can testify to that. I can testify to that because it's Bill, Bill and I, before we went live tonight and before we started talking tonight, we were literally, we're thinking this movie was going to be, this topic was going to like, just, we weren't going to do a show tonight. That's how tough it was for us. We were like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? So, but thank God we got it to work and whatnot. And here we go. So anyways, lo and behold, I think that the Shawshank Redemption, the critics were right, but the audiences were wrong simply because the movie came out and no one saw in theaters. This that is, doesn't um, mean the audiences were necessarily wrong. They just... Yeah. Yeah. It, well, exactly. But at the same time, the people who did see in theaters like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like I, I there was, I, one, I bring this up all the time. One of my main influences when why I do this channel in the first place, John Campia, shout out. I love you. You're amazing. He saw in theaters. He was like one of the only people who saw in theaters back in the day. And he's like, oh my God, it's like a near perfect film. And he doesn't use that word a lot, but he said it was near perfect. So anyway. It's a really near perfect film. It's hard to come by a film like this, and it's like once in a lifetime. If you have, if you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, get on it. It is a brilliant movie. It's a very sad but very emotionally powerful film. It's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, anyways, Bill, so that's my first pick, Shawshank Redemption. Are you ready for my next pick? Let's do it. Now, again, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is a movie. This is a sh- the, the the topic tonight is where the critics were right, but the audiences were wrong quote-unquote because either no one saw it or the audiences just didn't like it but the critics did one of those films is i found out and we just looked at it just now was citizen kane i'll get to another pick in a second but citizen kane if i could spell it right citizen kane if I, if I could spell it right. Sorry, everyone. Um, Citizen Kane. Like I said, for those of you who are listening to us on podcast, you, you, have to, you have to look this up online and understand where we're coming from with this. So, by the way, it currently holds a 99% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience score is 90%. This is another example of those, that type of film where the, the no one, it was a financial box office bomb back in the day, in the 40s. because Also because World War II was going on and People had trouble seeing it and because of all the war efforts. But anyways, long story short, this movie, the critics were 100% correct. It is a brilliant movie. However, barely anyone saw it. I'm not, I'm not trying to blame audiences when I say this. Yes, we blame audiences. <laughs> yes, screw you, audience members. I'm one of those people, so I'm included in that conversation. Um, but... Like I said, this this is one of those examples where 
no one saw this movie in theaters. And yet, again, it's widely regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time, Citizen Kane. It is widely considered to be an incredible classic amongst cinema fans everywhere. But no one saw it in theaters. And how could we not forget, Bill, what Mr. Matt Hemsley talked about, one of our dear friends and loyal fans of the Superview show. He did bring up the fact that this movie did not win Best Picture. But there's another film that no one's ever heard of that won Best Picture that year. And it's only known for winning Best Picture because it beat Citizen Kane. Yeah, and that was uh, How Green Was My Valley. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like that movie is so forgettable. It's only known for beating Citizen Kane. That's the only thing it's known for. For Best Picture, the Oscars, which is, again, that could be a whole other conversation too, like the Oscar snubs and whatnot. But that's, yeah, we, we kind of did that already. But yeah. Anyways, that's just where we stand on that. So Citizen Kane. If you, if again, full disclosure, if you have not seen Citizen Kane, do yourself a favor in quarantine nowadays and watch Citizen Kane. It is widely regarded as a pivotal film in cinema history. Get on it. Highly get recommend. on it. Get get on it. I mean, we jump we on it. Jump yeah. on it. Jump on, on it. Oh yeah. Doom. 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 Jump doom. on it. Yeah. Jump on it. Now we're getting the groove, ladies and gentlemen. There we go, Bill. So, yeah, that is one of my picks tonight was Citizen Kane, a movie that people did not see in theaters, but it was it's widely regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time, critically speaking as well. And fun fact, though, did you know that the reason why it's not at 100% anymore was because a, a negative review came up like to five or six, maybe seven or eight years ago. No, I can't. You can look this up. A negative review of the film came out, which lowered it by one percent. That's a little, you know, risque, touche, but that's me. So, whatever. Anyways, I digress. Let's jump over to my next pick here on tonight's episode of Mixed Bag. Um, I want to talk about this is a film that Bill and I touched on. Um, it did. At the box office, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up on Wikipedia as well. But train wreck with Amy Schumer. Ah, train wreck. This movie, first off, Amy Schumer, I love you. You are a great actress and you're super funny. Call Shout out to, Yeah, call Amy. Call me. Look at this for a second. Hear me out, everyone. Actually, I need to look up, I'll look it up on Wikipedia because let's face it, it's true. Train wreck currently holds, ladies and gentlemen. At 84% with the critics. It's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. But what did the audience think of it, Bill? They thought of it as a 66%. So that's basically... That's eh, it's okay. It's okay. I loved it. I loved it. Not just because it has Billy Joel songs in it. But... That's I one of his with... reasons. That is one of my reasons. <laughs> but it is a fun chick flick. It's a great comedy, romantic comedy film. I love this movie. I have it on Blu-ray, like I talked about in our Guilty Pleasures broadcast. I have it on Blu-ray. So, but get the fact that Trainwreck is certified fresh, 84% by the critics. However, it has a 66% rating on, on, on the, as far as audience scores. Look, I'm just going to come out and say it. I love this movie. I, I, I said that at least 10 times already. Let's face it. But that was when I, when I first did my research. I was like, "What movies?" And I, and look, let me look up Trainwreck. Let me see what movies. Like the critics agreed with, but the audiences didn't. I can't believe this was on there. 
it was such a fun movie. I mean, that's me personally. I'm not, I'm not the audiences. But I mean, this is a prime example. Bill, what do you, what do you think about Trainwreck? I, mean, I know we talked about this a little bit, but like, um, I think I've watched it a few times. I've watched it once or twice. I was, um, yeah, I was watching it with some of my um, female friends in in the dorm room one night when we just didn't want to go out. I was like, hey, let's watch Trainwreck. I'm like, I'm like, Ugh. me, a guy watching a chick flick. I'm like, oh, okay, what the heck? And I remember there were parts I was. I was laughing my ass off. I was too. It was such a funny, 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 funny film. The, and I brought this up on our Guilty Pleasures broadcast. If you want to go back and look at that up too. But the John Cena movie theater scene in this movie was his. It was. It absolutely was. And John Cena is a good actor. He's actually doing really well nowadays too with Peacemaker and whatnot too. He's a great actor. So... Say what you will about the WWE, like John, like Dwayne Johnson and whatnot, The Rock and whatnot. But like these are these actors, they become good actors. I mean, look at like John Cena; he's being a pretty good actor so far, and he did a great job in this movie. He was a small role, but he nailed it, in my opinion. So that's me. But Trainwreck audience's score was sixty six. The critic rating was eighty four percent. Incredible, and LeBron James makes an appearance too. Woo! LeBron, the goat. LeBron. The goat, LeBron James. Mm, LeBron. Lane, I don't know. Though. It's either him or Michael Jordan. Uh, it's really, it's a tough. It's actually a tough decision. But well, that, that's a conversation for the Sports Insanity Network. That's a debate for the Sports Insanity podcast. Check us out. We're on all platforms. Thank Shameless you, plug. Shameless plug for them. They do a great job. Just saying. Yeah. Anyways, Trainwreck. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Oh, it is. Fantastic. I liked it more than the audiences did, and I agree with the critics on this. But apparently, not everyone does. That's me. Bill, I have one more movie as an honorable mention, but I'm curious to see what you have to say about this because I, I, I have I didn't look it up on Rotten Tomatoes yet. So full disclosure for everyone who's watching and listening, I haven't like looked at some movie yet. But Saturday Night Fever. Oh god, I've never seen it. I saw it like once. Saturday of course, I know the soundtrack. Who does not know the soundtrack? And this is staying alive, staying alive. This is another example of what I'm talking about. Thankfully, if those you are watching, good for you. If those you're listening, the good for you, the good for you as well. The audience score is 71%. It's good. People liked it. The critic rating for Saturday Night Fever was 82%. 82%. So 82% of the critics liked it enough to give it a fresh rating. But 71% of the audience said it was good. I liked it. Interesting. Interesting move. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, by the way, Saturday Night Fever was made in 1977, the same year Star Wars came out, and countless other films as well. But but mainly Star Wars. That's the only movie that we care about that came out in 77. <laughs> Exactly. Close encounters of the the what? Anyways. Uh, (laughs) No, that was good, too. That was really good, too. Um, But look, Saturday Night Fever was like, I'm actually surprised about how high the critic rating is. I mean, I like the movie in general, but like, I'm surprised about how it was Uh, because everyone forgets about the movie. They remember the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever with the Bee Gees, with, you know, Cool and the Gang and all these 70s disco R&B groups. 
But the fact that the movie has an 82% rating, a, crit- a critic rating, and it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and the audience score is at a 71, damn, you have my attention. That's great. Bill, what's your take on Saturday Night Fever? Like I said, I've never seen it, so I can't really speak to the matter, but right. it is one of those cultural things. Yeah, it's product of its time, too, if you think about it. Because, like, Disco what? died in, what, like, 80? No, 78, 80. This is like the end of the disco era, unfortunately. It like kind of is. Out. This movie came out, and then like a year or two later, it's like punk rock and new wave took over, and thus history was made. So history was made. <laughs> but yeah, but like I said, his the, the, the critic rating for Saturday Night Fever is eighty-two percent, and audience score is seventy-one. So this is another, and this is a movie that people saw, and. Apparently, the critics liked it more than the audiences did, which is a very interesting premise. Um, if you have any ideas, what we're if you have if you have any other like comments on this, leave them in the description below. We'd love to hear you guys, what you guys have to say about that. But anyways, those are my picks. Four picks for the tonight's topic here. So I said Shawshank Redemption, Trainwreck, Citizen Kane, and Saturday Night Fever, with no other really other films we could think of. Like this is a really difficult thing for us to do tonight. But those are my four. Bill, what do you have lined up for us tonight? Okay, what do I have lined up for you? Okay, I have two that the critics liked. Okay. And two the critics disliked, and I agreed with them. Okay. One is, okay, we're going a little art housey here. Um, It's a Coen Brothers movie called Hail Caesar. I have heard of this movie. It's um 2016, right? 2016. Okay. It stars Josh Brolin, George, and George Clooney. George Clooney plays a big actor. I want to say this was in the. I want to say this was like in the 50s, mm-hmm. and the actor is um kidnapped as they're trying to make this film that's very con- that could be considered very controversial. They have all like these religious figures. I think it's about Jesus. I can't remember. I've only seen this movie once, but I do. It shows sort of like the, you know, the golden days of the Hollywood era. Yeah. And, and you know what the funniest thing is? George Clooney in this movie is kidnapped by communists. (laughs) That's funny. It's, it's actually, it's just, they don't portray them as like Russians with the, uh, Mother Russia. They betray him a bunch of guys with these like stuffy British accents and Teddy and, 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 and George Clooney wakes up in this room and a bunch of these guys in suits are sitting around and they go, oh, what is this? And they're like, oh, this is our, uh, our study group. This is a study group. It's our study okay. group. JT, yeah. it's our study group. It's our study group. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. It's Love our study it. group. For those um, who are listening in the UK, we're trying not to mock your accent. We love you guys. Yeah, uh, this is all right. It's just a study group. And they're like, a study group for what? And then, and then the narrator goes, he did not know. He was kidnapped by commies. <laughs> and, and it's just so funny. And it's, it, it's not like roll on the floor, piss on your pants, piss your pants funny, but it's just, you know, it is kind of, it's just kind. It's it's entertaining, 
And they're like telling him all this stuff. And at the end of the movie, he's like, you know, those guys are pretty smart. And he's like repeating all the communist talking points. Oh my God. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but that that's just like the side thing to try to look for him and trying to get the movie off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's a our study group. Yeah. DK's our study group. Um it's our study group. Love to love to hear it. Love to hear it. And then and they're like, hey, those commies are pretty smart. And then <laughs> and and um <laughs> yeah, I actually first saw this movie with um I actually first saw this movie in the early days of the pandemic. Oh wow. Wow, I can't believe that it was almost two years ago. Yeah, but, frightening. What was that? Yeah, frightening. But go on. And my friend texted me because I don't know if you know this. There's this thing called Netflix Watch Party. Okay. Where you can watch the movies with, where you can watch movies with your friends without actually having to be in the room. Oh, that's so kind of oh, that's cool. Um, and he goes, "Hey, do you want to watch a movie tonight? Um, Netflix Watch Party." He goes, "What are you thinking? Hail Caesar." I'm like, "Okay." So I enjoyed it. I I think the reason why critics didn't like it, I mean, why critics like it is it's the Coen brothers and they do tend to be sort of more art housey. Yeah. They sort of tend to be more art housey and they tend to be more art housey and the, and the, and I and I don't think that really appeals to a lot of audiences. And don't get me that. don't get me wrong. It's our it's the Cohen brothers who are really good. And oh, you know what? I wonder if there's uh, other Cohen brothers movies that I'll maybe put on my list. Hold on. One second. No worries, bud. Take your time. Hold on, just gonna see if it's if it could qualify. No, it doesn't. But anyway, that's all right. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I actually really did enjoy this movie, and it's just like a fun mystery too. Mm. Okay, my next one is a movie that critics were kind of split on but they kind of liked it more than the first one when it first came out. And that was, you know what? Hold on one second. I just got to plug in my laptop. Yeah. So while Bill is figuring out his latest, his most recent pick, I want to thank all of you for watching us live as always and tuning in for our wonderful discussions tonight as always. Uh, This portion of the show is brought to you by Panera Bread. If you love Panera Bread, subscribe. Use our promo code TSRS. I'm totally kidding. We actually are not sponsored at all by Panera Bread. Just saying. Panera Bread, if you're watching, don't sue us. Yes, we love. I love Panera Bread. Thank you so I, much, but don't. we? Don't, uh, that was just a joke. Anyways, Bill. So, okay, my next one is actually Gremlins 2, the new batch. Interesting pick. Go ahead. Tell us about it. Well, because a lot of... Because if you remember when we talked last week, a lot of critics did not like the first Gremlins movie. Correct. Because they satirized it for being too violent. Because they went after it because they said they thought it was too violent. And because I think in this one, it 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 
does take a different tone than the first one. This tends, while it the first one tend to be more like a family friendly horror movie, this tried to be more like a comedy, and it satirizes sequels, and and I think the critics liked that it took a better that it kind of took that approach more and and um like for instance like because they made a few plot changes one is instead of a small town they took a place in new york city oh god <laughs> and, <laughs> why do you say oh god no because it- it's instead of a small town of gremlins, you have an entire city of gremlins. Well, they actually first wanted to have the gremlins run around Manhattan, but oh, they said that would have been too expensive, so they just yes. kept them all in one building. Yeah, that's money. and and here's what happened. The remember the old Mr. Wynn who was Gizmo's old owner? Yes, he dies. Gizmo's on his own. Oh, Gizmo, he gets picked up by this these weird scientists and Billy, Zach Gallagher, the mate finds out that he's there. And one of the scenes that I love in this movie is when the two scientists found him in the head one, who's played by the late great Christopher Lee. Oh, wow. He's like, and they find us, look what we found. And like, cute, isn't it? And, and they're like, oh, that may be genetic, but we're not sure. Oh, we're not sure. And they're like, watch this, doctor. And they're playing the song I'm Ready by Fats Domino. I'm dead. That's nice. And, and then um, and then what happened was um, and then they, because it was originally supposed to be a Billy Idol song, because the studio told them they had the rights, but it turns out they didn't have the rights. Mm, so they right. went with Fats Domino because they had, and they didn't want to reshoot the scene, so they went with Fats Domino because they had the same rhythm. But anyway, but anyway, and Gizmo tries to escape, and Christopher Lee goes, "Not so fast." And then he goes, "You should, you could let him get away." And he's about to dissect them, and he's like. For that, my little friend, we're just gonna have to cut you at Gizmo. Like, <laughs> so Zach Gallagher gets Gizmo, and that's see, it's just so nice to see Billy and Gizmo back together. It's like, and then Gizmo gets wet. Guess what, folks? Here we go again. Because <laughs> if anyone saw the first Gremlins, you know the three rules. Don't put them in bright light, especially sunlight, because sunlight kills them. Two, don't get them wet. They multiply. And three, no matter how much they beg, no matter how much they cry, what is the final rule, my friend? Don't feed them after midnight. Oh, guess what happens? All three happen. What? Gizmo gets wet. Ugh. They multiply. He multiplies, and guess when they multiply, guess everyone else but Gizmo, guess what happens? Go ahead. Take a wild guess what happens. Let me guess. He feeds him after midnight. They eat after midnight, and guess Woo! what happens when they feed him after, when they eat after midnight? 
We're in trouble. Did you guys watch the first movie? Don't feed him after midnight. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, guys, come on. And then the gremlins basically, like I said, they wanted to have gremlins running around Manhattan, but they thought it was going to be too expensive. Yeah. For those who don't know, shooting in New York City is very expensive, but yes. And and like there is, and there is actually, yeah, and that, and they kind of satirize sequels. Like there is a scene when, when Zach Galligan's character is talking to, when Zach Galligan's talk character is talking to, um, to all these people, and they're like, "Listen," and they're, and they're like, they're going they're crazy, gremlins, little monsters, and they're like, "No, I dealt with these things before," and and like, "Listen, you feed them after midnight, baby." Come, like they kind of satirize in the first one. He tells people they think he's crazy, and yeah. they're like, and they're like, "Please, you you." You gotta believe me. Go, oh, oh, wait, feed him after midnight. Okay, okay, okay. What if what? And the, and they start like, like making fun of the rules, and they're like, okay, what if one of them goes to like a different, goes to like a different time zone? It's midnight there, but comes here where it's not midnight. Do they still turn to that? Goes, I don't know. And they go, okay, okay, okay. What if one of the grand? What if one of those magua things eat something? And get something stuck in his teeth. Yeah, like a sesame seed or something. And they're like, well, he technically did not eat that after midnight. And they're like, and they're like, yeah, that is true. So what if it comes out at midnight? They go, yeah, because he technically didn't eat it after midnight. And and they and then one of the grams come out and just like kills one of them. And they're like, okay, I think this is serious. And they make a satire of, I don't know if you remember that scene in the first one of of how. Phoebe Cates' character goes about how she doesn't believe in Santa because her they found her dad dad dressed as the body going, did Lincoln give up? Go, no, don't mention Lincoln. It was kind of like a satire of the I don't believe in Santa Claus story from the first one. Right. Yeah. So they kind of make it a satire and they kind of the tone was a little lighter too. And the critics actually did like it more than the audiences. And we talked about this last week when we talked about the first Gremlins. Leonard Moulton, the great Leonard Moulton, he didn't like the first Gremlins movie. He didn't like the first one. Right. And in the film, and in the film, he actually made a cameo making his review of the first one. And he's like, this is disgusting, horrible, va- valid in valid and then the gremlins are behind him and he and they kill him and they're like no 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 i was just kidding i was just kidding i was just kidding that's funny and he actually did give a positive review of gremlins too so but you know what it makes me think i wonder if joe dante was like just sit here leonard and like payback's a bitch or or if it was like you know or if it's like or they told him what was going on, and Leonard Moulton was just being a and and Leonard Moulton was just being a good sport. And it's like, ah, okay, I, I have a sense of humor. So, yeah, but you know what? I think critics liked it because maybe it was they did take sort of a lighter tone, and audiences maybe because they really loved the first. But you know what? Because like I said, the first Gremlins. I said this last week. There were a lot of complaints from. 
because there was a scene in the movie when a little when a mom rakes out a little girl that was based on an incident when a mother took her child out of the theater during the first gremlins movie so yeah it makes you but i wonder why audiences didn't like it maybe because maybe they didn't like the tonal change maybe they didn't like the tone change you know yeah i mean it could be anything i mean it it all the i mean i've said this before and i'll say it again Art is subjective. All art is subjective. But I don't know. It's just, it all depends on what the viewer and the critics behold. And ultimately, it's whatever they say. So that, that's me. That's my viewpoint on that. But yeah, I, I, Gremlins too. Good pick. Okay. And now this is a one. And now these two are crit- ones that critics didn't like. And that was Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, uh, the rise of Skywalker. Oof, let's talk about it. You saw it too. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, dude. You, you know, I did too. And you know what's the interesting thing here? What? It's like the the previous film, The Last Jedi. Critics liked it, and the fans didn't like it. Correct. And here it's sort of the opposite. The critics didn't like it, but the fans did. Yeah, like a complete 180. And you know what? It's I feel like it was just a rehashing of the original one. Yeah. Unfortunately. I just really I just really did not like it. It was just I just found it dull. I kind of found it. I don't know. I just didn't like it. And there, yeah, there there were some parts of it that were like, "What's going on?" You know what I mean? It being like how she's the emperor, how Ray is the emperor's granddaughter, or something like that. Yeah, that was weird. And supreme leaders, and supreme leader Snoke, and I'm like sitting here watching it, and like, what the fuck is this? Oh, sorry. You're, um, you're fine. What's up? I'm like, what is this crap? Like, what is this? And I'm just like sitting there. And I'm just sitting there. Um, Yeah, it just was really. Yeah, I did not enjoy this movie. It was kind of, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, but you yeah. know what? I will admit, I did like the ending. The very you know end. You know why? Why? Because it was over. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I did like the ending because I feel like it was more. I just feel like the ending was more. I feel like it was a perfect way to end the um Skywalker saga. I tend to agree with that. I feel like, you know, I do feel like it's, um, I feel like it was a good way to end the Skywalker saga. I, I, you can't really deny that. I mean, they did end it on a very satisfying note. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just the approach was just, yeah. Because of the star Wars sequel, 
I I like Force Awakens. Me too. Um, Last Jedi was mm, yeah, and I didn't like Rise of Skywalker. Hmm. It so kind of like, some, a, like a slow a slow progression downward of quality for you. Yeah, like the only really good one in that series I that I thought was actually good was The Force Awakens. Like I said, I didn't really like Last Jedi, and I didn't really like Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually on the same boat as that. I mean, I think it went down in quality as time went on. But I think this is another conversation for another time, but the spinoff movies were excellent. The spinoff of, the spin-off of Rogue One and Solo, I thought were pretty good. But that's me. Uh, I agree to disagree. Yeah, conversation for another time. Okay, and my last one, and this was a movie that you guys heard me bash a bunch of times. And this is a movie that people watch every freaking Halloween, and I wanted to smack people for watching it. Hocus Pocus. What's the critic rating for this? You'll see. I'm actually curious. Really? Holy God. Why don't you read off that one? That is 38%. No, no, because I remember reading something that when it first came out, the crit. The this movie was slammed by critics. Oh yeah, this movie was absolutely slammed by critics, and and the and the audiences because you know a lot of people have nostalgia around this movie, and that was because a lot of people have nostalgia around this movie because they. Because everyone feels like they grew up with this movie. Yeah, some people. I mean, some people like it, but and no, no. Like if you watch Freeform's Thirty One Nights of Halloween, it's on. I see. What was that? It's on there. It's on like every single freaking night. Yeah. And it's just, guys. If if you want to hear more of my detail, go watch. Go watch. Um when we did our most overrated movie discussion last year, like I gave this movie the well-deserved bashing it deserves. Yeah. This film, I do not like it. And I cannot believe I'm saying this. The critics were right. The critics were 100% absolutely right. And that is how I feel. I, yeah, I have two movies that the critics liked and two movies the critics disliked. You heard it here first. <laughs> From my lips to God's ear. <laughs> um, is that your four? Uh, yeah, that's my four. Well, ultimately, guys, I mean, like I said, this was from the get-go. This is a really difficult thing for us to come up with to be honest it was really hard to make these lists for us i mean i mean i can't really think of any other films to be honest with that we can talk about that like where the critics were right but the audiences were wrong and i know the you know we talked about what we thought about was the closest we could think of okay so let's um let's look at the chat shall we um sure go ahead joe wiley greetings and guess who's been watching 
Hello, Matt Hemsley. Hello, Joe. Matt Hemsley's been watching. Okay, let's see what Matt Hemsley has to say. Um, he Googled movies that were more popular with critics than audiences. What I like is Adventureland. I never saw that, Matt, but I remember you said you liked it. And he goes, movies that critics gave bad reviews to that deserved it were Project X, never seen. Grown Ups, which I, I've, seen, I've seen a little bit of. It's just, you know what? Maybe the critics were right on that one. I didn't even sit through the whole thing. It's just Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler. Yeah, pretty much. And just a bunch of grown man children. And American Reunion, which is the American Pie thing. Yeah, one so, of those American Pie films. Hey, oh. with Adventureland, if Matt Hemsley likes it, it must be good. You know why? You know why, JT? Why? Because Matt Hemsley knows everything. Matt Hemsley does know everything. Props to Matt. Matt Hemsley, Hemsley knows everything because he's Matt Hemsley. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, props but, to Matt um, Hemsley. So, well, yeah, but um, guys, we're gonna be honest with you. This list was, this list was a bitch to make. Oh no! This movie was this list was like just ridiculously crazy to make. To be honest with you guys, I like had that, a nervous breakdown right in it. So, Bill, like, no joke. Before we went live tonight, Bill actually, like, no joke, had was about to have a heart attack. He was like, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" I'm like, oh, like "Do you want to change topic or wanna?" But ultimately, it's what you have to say. If you have any suggestions, if any movies where the critics were right. And instead, the audience is wrong. Jump down in the comment section below, share this video. And if you're listening to us for this podcast, thank you so much for listening. As always, you guys are outstanding. And I know he plugged it before, but Bill, you have a podcast that you do. Sports Sanity Podcast. Check us out. We are on all platforms. We and guys, we're going into full swing here, folks. It's tomorrow, Thursday night. Check us out for the divisional playoff preview for our, the Saturday games on Thursday night. Grin Iron. And don't forget to check us out. Uh, yeah, we're going to be. Yeah, it's uh, that time. It's uh busy season. It's the busy season. Yeah. Well, our busy season is literally from. Is like literally from September to February. So. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So. So, so okay. Well, uh, we will see you guys next week then. Definitely. So tune in next week for another episode of Mixed Bag. We hope you guys enjoyed this as always. Sound off in the comment section below. Share your thoughts. And if you're listening to us, keep following us on our Spotify 